Today on Awaken to Grace, we are answering some really big questions. I think so many people have the want, they have the heart to serve, but there's a lot of questions in the way. So many people think they don't have the time to serve. So many people think that they don't have the natural abilities or the natural talents that they look around and see others with. And so, so many people who are following Christ, they think, well, what can I do to really serve God? Well, friends, the Bible gives us the answer. And we're going to study those answers today in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 We're going to just take our time, walk through each phrase of this incredible scripture, and I'm going to try to show you today why and how God has uniquely gifted you to serve for the glory of God. So I hope you enjoy this episode today as we focus on what the scripture teaches on how to serve one another for the ultimate purpose of glorifying God. Peter chapter 4. Uh, I just want to break this down phrase for phrase this morning. Let's note what it says. Each has received a gift. As each has received a gift, use it by serving one another, that you may be stewards of the varied grace of God or the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks as one speaking the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belongs glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So today, let's just unpack this. Let's unfold it. Number one, as each has received a gift. Now, I'm not going to hammer this because this is what I've talked about all month in January. Now, what I will say, I find this fascinating. What Peter writes here in 1 Peter 4.10 is Almost exactly what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1.4, 1 Corinthians 1.11, in Romans chapter 12, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And why is it so similar? Because, you know, the Bible is comprised of 66 books. It's comprised of around 40 authors. But listen, my friends, the Bible truly only has one author. And do you know who that one author is? It's the Holy Spirit. God used various men to write the Bible. But let me tell you, the Bible is breathed out by the Holy Spirit. It is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And because it is the truth of God and because it is inspired by God, because it is utterly infallible, because it is absolute truth, it's reinforced by each other. That's why you can read in Peter and find the same truth reinforced in Corinthians or the same truth reinforced in Romans. 
And what I love to f- discover is that truth is always reinforced with each other. You know, if you ever listen to a pastor or a Bible teacher and they talk about how no one has ever seen what they are teaching, that ought to raise a big red flag to you. You know it? Solomon tells us in Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. Let me tell you, my friends, truth is not new. <coughs> you understand? So if you hear a pastor say, what I'm teaching today, no one has ever seen red flags ought to go everywhere. Because truth isn't new. Truth is reinforced throughout all of Scripture. And what we're going to share today is a truth. And it's what I have been, I've been arguing on the premise, on the biblical premise, that every single born-again Christian has spiritual gifts. And today, you have spiritual gifts within you. If you're truly born again, let me tell you, God himself has deposited great and precious gifts inside you. And Peter reinforces that by saying, as each has received a gift. So can we all receive that, that God has put unique gifts inside of us? I hope you see that. I pray that not one of you feels as though God has left you out. He hasn't. I hope that not one of you feels as though God has overlooked you. Because my precious friend, he hasn't. There are gifts in you. So, as each has received a gift, here is the next logical, biblical step. What are you to do with such gifts? Peter makes it very simple. You know, people ask me all the time, Chad, how is the best way to study the Bible? And you want me to tell you my secret for studying the Bible? It's very profound. It's very complicated. It's very in-depth. I read it as slow as I can. That's how simple I am. (laughs) But do you know what happens when you read the Bible extremely slow? It makes perfect sense. You know, God isn't impressed with how much you read of the Bible. God's impressed with how much you apply the Bible. Don't be hearers only. Be doers of the word. And what I find is when I read it word upon word, phrase upon phrase, that's why my favorite way to teach the Bible is just line upon line, precept upon precept. Because it fits and it makes sense. And look at the incredible biblical logic that Peter gives us. As each has received a gift. Okay, then what's next? Peter tells us. Use it. Now isn't that profound? Use it. Doesn't that make perfect sense? What good is the gifts of mercy if you never use them? What good are the gifts of hospitality if you never use them? What good is the gift of intercession if you never use it? And I believe today, if God were to give us eyes that we could see spiritually into all of our lives, I bet we would find a ton of gifts unwrapped, lying dormant. And I'm including myself in this. Are we using what God has placed inside of us? Peter gives the remedy. He tells us what to do. He says, use it. 
Do you know why the Dead Sea is full of salt and dead in Israel? Because there's nothing flowing out of it. You know what happens to Christians when we are stagnant? Do you know what happens to Christians when we are inward? You know what happens to Christians when we're not pouring out and we're not using the gifts and we're not pouring our lives out into other people? You know what happens to us? We become stagnant and we die spiritually. I don't want to see that happen in my life. I want God, listen, I am finding more and more that as I look to others, as I look to pour into others, as I look to use my gifts and to serve others, there is a vitality that God brings into me. There's a spark of life that God brings as I want to use the gifts that God has given me. Let me ask you a simple question today, a quite biblical question. Are you using the gifts that God has given to each of you? Isn't that a challenging question? Well, if you're like me, perhaps you're thinking, well, if I am to use my gifts, then how am I to use my gifts? Friends, the Bible doesn't leave us wondering. What's the next phrase say? As each has received a gift, use it by what? By serving one another. Praise God for that. What a wonderful way to use your gifts. Because, listen, I want you to understand this. Your spiritual gifts are not for you. They are for the needs of others. They are meant, they are designed for others. And let me tell you, there is not a one of us that God has designed To be an island unto ourselves. There is not a one of us that God has designed to be inward and to be focused inward. God has not designed you to be that way. Do you know how God has designed his church? Do you know how God has designed his body? Is to serve the needs of others. And let me tell you. Let me tell you what will bring vitality to you. Let me tell you what will bring energy into your life is when you begin to use your gift on behalf of others. And you begin to use your gifts in service toward others. It's when you begin to count others more significant than you count yourself. Today, if you fight discouragement, today, if you fight depression... Today, if you battle isolation, if you war against anxieties and things like that, let me tell you the greatest remedy out of God's word. Use your gifts in the service toward others. And let me tell you, I shared with the 9 a.m. service. Let me tell you, I know exactly what I'm talking about. In my journey of blindness... In the, in, the, in the process of, of losing eyesight and being completely blind, let me tell you, there are many, many days that depression sinks its hooks into me. There are many, many days that I'll not feel like getting out of bed. I cannot tell you how crazy... As a matter of fact, it happened this morning. I cannot tell you what it is to have dreams. I never paid attention to my dreams until I went blind. And now today, this morning, I had vivid dreams where I could see absolutely everything in vibrant and brilliant color and then wake up and it'd be pitch black. 
Mornings that that happens, it's like being body slammed by a professional wrestler. And there are some days I don't even feel like getting out of bed. But do you know what brings vitality to my life? Do you know what brings a spark to me? Do you know what gets me more excited about anything? Is to serve the needs of others. And it takes what is quite literal physical darkness and quite literal spiritual darkness. And it takes discouragement and it takes depression and it flips it on its head and it turns it inside out. And it serves the needs of others. And people will say, Chad, I'm so sorry I called you. Chad, I'm so sorry I bothered you. Chad, I'm so sorry. No, you don't know how much I need it. Amen. Are you serving the needs of those people in your life? The people that God has crossed your path with? And I'm telling you right now, if you battle depression, I'm telling you, if you battle isolation, turn your focus off of you and put it on the needs of others. Take your gifts and use them. And boy, God will put a spark in you. Let me tell you what God's been pushing me toward lately. I've never been one to exercise. Anybody else like that? We should not be in a small group together if you're like that. I've never been apt to exercise. But being blind now, I sit 99% of my day. A blind man does not go jogging. I mean, there's curbs, there's walls, there's cars, there's dogs. There's a lot of things to be afraid of. And I've not moved much lately. I've been reading a book called The Daniel Plan. And it may be the most convicting book I've ever read for me personally. And I decided it's time to get my butt on a treadmill. The first week or so was miserable. I would set a 30-minute timer, and I would say, Alexa, how much time is left on the timer? And she would say, 27 minutes. (sighs) (laughs) But you know what they say now? They say that sitting is the new what? Smoking. They've discovered... researchers have discovered there's something connected to your metabolism. I can't pronounce it. I would sound like a fool trying to pronounce it. But it's something connected in your metabolism that when you sit for three to four hours at a time, whatever it is that burns off fat naturally shuts down. And they say it's as bad as smoking. I sit all day, every day. But see, there's a very easy remedy. If I just get up every couple of hours and move around. If I would just walk on a treadmill for 20 minutes or 30 minutes. It's the remedy. Maybe it's that I'm reaching an age. (laughs) I've always heard people talk about how good they feel when they work out. I can't believe what a change there's been in my alertness. In my energy level. 
and the way I feel. Now my 30 minutes are turning into 45 minutes. is turning into an hour because I'm really enjoying it. See, the remedy for me is very, very simple. I can flip the script very easily. All I have to do is get my butt on a treadmill. And you know, many of you are where I am, but spiritually, you're stagnant. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Many of you are where I am spiritually. You're stagnant. You're not moving. You have busyness. You have responsibilities. You got craziness in your life. You got all these things going on. But spiritually, you're not moving. And therefore, you're stagnant. And just like what will happen to me physically, what will happen if I never move? It's going to be detrimental. But like me, you can flip the script. Scripture gives us the remedy. Take your gifts and use them by serving one another. Amen? So can I say it pastorally today? May I say it bluntly today? Get your butt on a spiritual treadmill. And get moving. Amen? Use what God has placed inside you. Now, notice what he says next. As each has received a gift, use them by serving one another. When you and I get our eyes off of us and we get our focus on the needs of others, there is a vitality. There, as I've got on this treadmill, there is an alertness. There is more energy. There is more focus. I can't believe it. Now ask me how I'm doing in April, and we'll see how I am then. But I cannot believe it. And some of you, it's exactly what you need. You need spiritual vitality. You need alertness. You need focus. You need to, you need to use your gifts. Now, he says, then we become stewards of the varied grace of God, or the manifold grace of God, or the multicolored grace of God is what it means in the Greek. Now, don't miss this. What did we say on the first sermon of the Spiritual Gift series? Grace, <coughs> excuse me, grace and gifts are always connected in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 1 4, 1 Corinthians 4 11, or, or 1 11. Grace and gifts are always connected. Grace means charisma. Gifts means charis, and it's the same root word. In other words, the grace of God brings the gifts of God. What this verse is saying, each of you has received gifts. Remember what we taught uh, uh, several weeks ago? There are varied graces, varied gr gifts of God, varied services, varied ministries. There are, in other words... It's manifold. In other words, it's multicolored. In other words, there are varieties. In other words, there are multitudes. And again, the biblical link is here. As each has received a gift, use it for grace. You see how grace and gifts go together? So do you see your gift as grace? Here's what he's saying. As a good steward... Hand out grace toward others. 
See, that's what you do when you use your gift. For those of you who God has given you the precious gift of mercy, and God has made you an extremely compassionate person, you know what happens when you hand somebody mercy? You're giving them the grace of God. Those of you who are teachers, when God uses you to teach, do you know what you're handing people? The grace of God. Those of you who have the gift of intercession, when you pray with the gift of intercession, do you know what you're giving those you're praying for? God's grace. Those of you who have the amazing gift of helps, you know what you do when you serve and you use your gift of helps? You're extending God's grace. Those of you with the gift of hospitality, you're extending God's grace. Those of you with the gift of discernment, you're extending God's grace. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, you're extending God's manifold, varied, multicolored grace. Amen? There was a couple who visited our church today for the first time at the 9 a.m. service. They came back to my office after the service was over, and they said, we're a little embarrassed to do this, but God has given us a word for you, Chad. Never met me. Never met them. Ever. God gave them a word to share with me about my blindness. I'm telling you, what they shared with me, that God put in their hearts, only the Lord knows. Only the Lord knows. And you know what they did? They gave me, they gave me a word of knowledge. What happened? They let God use them. They were a little embarrassed. It was a little intimidating. They didn't know if I would, you know, receive that or how I would respond. But you know what I told them? I said, guys, it would have been so easy for you just to have walked out the door and have not obeyed the Holy Spirit. But because they obeyed the Holy Spirit, I treasured what they told me and I hid it in my heart. And I'm telling you, hallelujah, the next time that discouragement tries to come on me, the next time that depression tries to sink its hooks in me, I'm going to go back to that word that God gave me. Amen? You don't know what you do for others. When you step out in faith and you obey God, you don't know. You don't know. Your gifting is not for you. Your gifting is to serve the needs of others. Can we say amen to that? We become stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now, notice what he says in verse 11. Anyone who speaks as speaking the oracles of God, in other words, the sayings of God, the teachings of God. In other words, you don't need my opinion this morning. You don't need me to share stories with you. You don't need to hear my jokes. You don't need to know my illustrations. You need the word of God today, amen? You don't need opinion. You need God's word Whoever speaks as one speaking the oracles of God or the teachings of God or the word of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength God supplies. Now, see, our gifts can be broken into one of two categories. Either people have speaking gifts or people have serving gifts. 
Now, speaking gifts would be things like prophecy. It would be things like words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discernment, intercession. It could be uh, the gift of teaching. Serving gifts would be gifts like administration, hospitality, mercy, faith. Uh, uh, There's multitudes of gifts. So you have speaking gifts and you have serving gifts. But here's what I want to show you in this text. Here's what I want you to see. Notice very clearly what it says. As one who serves... Notice it doesn't say, as one who serves, who has the time to serve. As one who serves, as one who is in a good season of life. Now say amen if you're with me right now, because this is, this is rather, I'm going to put my lid on, I don't want to spill it. Uh, uh, now let's do some teaching right here. So many Christians fall into a trap where they think in their heart, okay, I love the Lord and I'm going to serve the Lord, but I need to do it at a later time. I need to do it when things slow down. I'll serve God when my kids are grown. I'll serve God when they go off to college and I'm an empty nester. I'll serve God when things slow down at my work. I'll serve God when I retire. Or I'll serve God when I have more money. I'll serve God when it's more convenient. Friends, do not fall into that trap. For it is a snare of Satan. You know, the word someday is one of the saddest words in our English language. Someday never comes. Do not fall into the trap that you will serve God someday. Because that day will never come. You must be intentional about serving God. You must be intentional about using your gifts. You must be intentional about connecting and serving the needs of others. If not, it will never happen. So let me ask you a question. If using our gifts and serving the needs of others, if it is entirely upon the the strength and the grace that God supplies, then what does it have to do with your busy schedule? What does it have to do with the season of life that you're in? What does it have to do with the age of your children? What does that have to do with your profession or your work schedule? What does it have to do with all of the other responsibilities that you manage? Because if the strength is supplied by God, does that not take all of our excuses off the table? Am I making sense to anyone? Our strength is supplied by God. And I'm afraid many of us are in this snare of where we're saying, I'm too busy. Now listen, we can't be prideful. Listen, no one can do everything. Is that right or wrong? But everyone can do something. Maybe in your head, serving God means that you slack on your job and you neglect family dinners and your kids don't make it to their rehearsals or practices. And and serving God means you drop everything in life. No, my friends. You may be one of the busiest people in the room, but there's still a work for you to do. 
There's still people for you to minister to. There's still people for you to serve. You may be extremely busy. Listen, your, your kids may have more uh, rehearsals and more practices than you can shake a stick at, but I guarantee there's a family at one of those practices that they need you in their life. They need you talking to them, ministering to them, showing them kindness, showing them mercy. You see what I'm saying? Don't build up in your head. If I'm going to serve God, then I have to slack on every other thing in my life. No, you incorporate it into everything else in your life. Does that make sense? It's the strength that God supplies. So you may be someone today who the idea of serving God scares you to death. You may be someone who the idea of joining a ministry team is so far outside of your comfort zone that it scares you to even think about it. Well, let me give you the remedy. Look at the next phrase. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Do you know what that verse is saying? In order that in everything, that through your job, that through your friendships, that through your circles, that through all of your kids' activities, that through all of the responsibilities of your life, that in everything, God would be glorified through you. Is that not an incredible thought? And see, in our current church culture, don't, don't, don't think that if you can't sing the way that these people sing, that God can't be glorified through you. Don't think that if you can't teach a class or if you're not great working with kids, that God can't be glorified through you. Let me tell you, God wants to be glorified through you in everything that you do. You say, Chad, then how? Then you take the gifts that God's given you. You use them by serving others. And that's how you give people the grace of God. And that is ultimately how God is glorified in my life and in your life. Can we say amen to that? So let's don't make this harder than what it is. See, in my case, I have to get moving physically. But I'm so glad that in order to have the benefits that my body truly needs, I don't have to join a gym. I've joined a couple of gyms in the past, and I'm the worst gym person you've ever seen. Back when I drove, I went by the gym twice a day, going to work, coming home from work. I'm a terrible gym person, but I don't have to join a gym. I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to buy really expensive workout programs, and I don't have to do elaborate workout design. I, no. You know what I just have to do? I just have to get moving. And precious friend, listen. You don't have to be an elite spiritual person or whatever you think an elite spiritual person is. You don't have to have all the answers. 
You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You don't have to be what in your head you think you need to be. No. You simply need to use your gifts by serving the needs of others. And God will be glorified through you. Don't make it harder than what it really is. Amen. So where are you today? Are you a dead sea? Is there nothing flowing out of your life? Is there nothing? Listen, God wants life to flow out of you. And you know how God's designed it? Serve one another. That's life-giving. So today, if you fight depression, as I often do, serve others. Today, if you're immensely busy, serve with the strength that God supplies. Today, if you're far too focused inward, then begin to look outward and there'll be needs all around you. God wants to use you, my friend. Say, Chad, how? Use your gifts. Serve the needs of others. And you'll be a grace giver. You'll be a grace giver. You'll be someone that hands out. You'll be a steward. You'll be an administrator of the grace of God. Over and over and over. And the more grace you give out, the more life that God will pour in. I promise you. I'm telling you, I live this every day of my life. I live it every day. The precious people who come to me for counseling, they don't know how much I need them. They just don't know. The people who come by and talk to me, the people who call me, they don't know how much I need it. And let me tell you, my friends, if you'll flip the script and if you'll begin to serve the needs of others, you won't believe how much you need it too. And it'll bring life to you. Let's bow our heads today. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, how many of you are stagnant today? Will you accept the remedy? Will you take the medicine of God's word today? Will you begin to serve? How many of you are isolated today? I know, friend, I know. You know, there are times, unless the Holy Spirit helps me, there are times that I'll sit in a room full of people, but I'll feel like a shell. There are times that I, I know I can't keep up. I can't read the room. I can't, I can't see what's going on, and I'll feel completely alone. I know what you feel. I know it. But I'm telling you, my friend, I found the remedy. The remedy 
is serve. Serve. It's life-giving. And I promise you, God will work in you. God will work in your marriage. He'll work in your home. He'll work in your heart. But you got to step out. See, some of you are so stagnant. And, and I'm just I'm telling you, step in to what God has for you. Step into it. And you don't have all the answers. Let me tell you, if you had all the answers, God couldn't use you. You'd be so filled with pride, God would have to set you on the shelf. You don't have all the answers. You don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. But see, this verse doesn't say, whoever serves, let the one who has all the answers serve. (laughs) It doesn't say, let the one who has it all together serve. Let the one who never struggles with loneliness, the one who never struggles with anxiety, let that one serve. No, the Bible doesn't say any such thing, does it? As a matter of fact, what it says has nothing to do with you. It says, let the one who serves, serve with the strength that God supplies. So stop focusing on you. Focus on God. Focus on others. And that's the perfect combination for the glory of God in your life. (laughs) When you focus on God and you focus on serving one another, oh, that blend will produce the glory of God in you. So will you commit to that? Will you let 2021 be the greatest year you've ever served? God, may you help us. I thank you for every person in the room today and our precious ones who are watching online or listening online. Bless your people, God. Help us and strengthen us. Encourage us. Challenge us. Spur us along to where we serve one another and glorify you in the process. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said...